everyone, and welcome to the Galactic Podcast. I am Lauren Romo. With me, as always, is my cousin and fellow nerd, Andrea Gutierrez. Yo, yo, yo. Bright suns. Is it, though? Well, it's snowing where we are, so yeah. no, it's not really sunny. <laughs> and it's, someone just sucked an hour out of my life. An hour <laughs> during sleep. Like, do it in, in like, 3 p.m., you know? Like, do it then. Why when I'm sleeping? Daylight savings. Why? <laughs> it's a drag. <laughs> Did anybody ever think about that? Like, let's shorten someone's sleep. What? How dare they? How dare you, whoever does that? <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Did I do that right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Oh, God. All right, guys, we're here. We're going to talk about The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 2, for sure. But as always, before we get into the good stuff, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are Star Wars Podcast. It's discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we will dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it, and we talk about it. All right, Ange. Wowie, season three, episode two, chapter 19, The Minds of Mandalore. Wowie, 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 wowie. Uh, t- to real quick, it, this was directed, this episode was directed by Miss Rachel Morrison, who has uh, credits for doing the cin- cinematography for Black Panther, for uh, the movie Fruitville Station as well. And a bunch of other things, mudbound, dope. So she has been obviously in the business. And wow, just to start off, wow, just great directing, uh, great cin- cinematography in this episode for me. Obviously, writers are Dave Floney and Mr. John Favreau themselves. So, I mean, this show just does the thing. It seems like Andrea sometimes like it just does its thing. You know, it really does. Like I. I think we talked about it last week, you know, and this, you know, we'll, we're getting to our overall thoughts here, kids. So obviously last week or last episode, it felt like, I think you and I discussed, obviously there's, you know, they're setting the pieces. This might be the story of the season of him trying to get to Mandalore and get redeemed. And man, they were like, nope, guys, this is, this is episode two of the season. We're getting straight shocked. to it. We're getting straight to it. And I love it. I was shocked. I loved it. I mean, it's it, they're just not, you know, I think in previous seasons, maybe we wouldn't have gone straight there. I don't know. I, I really don't know. But this seems like more of a, they're not going episode to episode telling like little adventures with a bigger story, right? For the whole season. I feel like they're just doing like, this is, this is the season, man. This is, we're just following this story. There's no like end point or there's not like a bigger you know, obviously in season one, it was Din trying to get Grogu to his people or, you know, that season two, season two was trying to find them and get to them, you know, and, you know, it was protecting him in season one, finding who and get him to his people. But now season three, it is kind of wide open. You know, this is kind of a more of a story of the Mandalorian culture, as we talked about last week. So it, it overall, I love this. And I said it right before we started recording. This is one of my favorite Star Wars anything. 
that's how much I liked it. That's how much I enjoyed it. The story, the lore building, like this is my jam. This is what I love about Star Wars. Obviously, we're going to dive into it, kids, for sure, obviously, but that's just our, my overall thoughts, opinions of this episode. Ange, what about you? Did you Do you feel that way? How did you feel? What, what do you got? Oh, it's at the table. I was at work while I watched it. You know, if anybody listens to me that I work with, my apologies, but <laughs> I had a jacked up schedule. I worked at 1 a.m., 3 a.m. kind of slows down. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do right now? Hmm. I'm going to go in my office and watch The Mandalorian. So I did. And I was like, dang, wow, we're really going there? I was, I was shocked how fast we went to Mandalore, bathed in the waters, saw the thing. I mean, we. this is a spoiler uh, conversation, so I can't believe in season or in season three, episode two, we see a mythosaur like right i thought that was like a that sounds like season finale stuff right but episode two and uh it was just a really good episode uh bo katan was just awesome you know the way that she was conversating with grogu that she kind of put her problems to the side and helped in was really cool um and just to talk about you know it's funny like when she's telling grogu things it's like she's telling the the viewer like about mandalore so we get to learn about it as well too and i've been watching a lot of other shows and listening to a couple other podcasts and there's some really big questions about what it was like to be bo katan and and the sister of satine Kreese, the duchess and and that family so overall it was just a fantastic episode and I, I I really was just surprised. I, I'm a little disappointed we didn't hang out on Tatooine and experience Boon to Eve. That's like my only problem. I kind of wanted to see what was that about. You know, I wanted to see some Jawas get get a little tipsy and, you know, do some things. But I guess that wasn't this episode. So, <laughs> but overall, I, I'm with you. I wouldn't say it was like my absolute favorite, but I was like, all right, we're like really doing this. This is cool. I love this. Yeah, I I'm surprised like you said. We are ju- they're just doing it. They're like, "Here we go." Boom 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 boom. Like we're you guys thought this was maybe again, I thought this might be the season thing where he has to find and get there or what no, dude. They're like, "Nope." I thought we were going to at least have an episode of looking for uh the memory chip of an IG unit. Nope, we I guess thought, not. We thought that maybe, yeah, we thought that maybe IG-88 and we'd have to steal. Right, no, no, man. Nope, Pally was like, here's uh, R5, have fun. <laughs> and I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. again, before we kind of really dive deep into it, ta- seeing Tatooine again was cool. Again, like you said, Boon to Eve, we've heard all about it. Boon to Eve classic. And then for just going back to the character of Polly, I love her. She's such a good character. Swindling a Rodian out of money and just having like a side hustle with some Jawas. It was just, again, 
fun, silly Star Wars. I love it. I love her. She's one of my favorite characters. I love that she hasn't replaced her tooth yet that she lost in the Book of Boba Fett. Right. Because that was one of my favorite parts in the Book of Boba Fett when she got knocked out and just spit her tooth out and kept going. I just love that. So it was nice to see. She's just sticking to that grin. So, um, yeah, I, I like when she's in episodes. It I'm not saying like it brings like it it brings like this freeness to it and like this fresh like this I don't know lightness to it and um I like that Din keeps going back to her cuz she's awesome. I mean yeah. obviously she, she made that N1. He has no complaints over it. So there we go. And again, we we speculated that, you know, to get the IG memory card that maybe this is the route he would have to take and we did do that, but we don't have it. So now we got, you know, we got R5, which was cool. Again, little shout out to A New Hope and all that. An old, you know, an OG character, really, to be honest. I mean. Yeah, for real. So, from New Hope. So fun stuff on Tatooine. Again, we were there for a hot minute. I liked the interaction real quick before, we, again, we dive deeper into the episode. I loved her and Grogu's relationship. Fun stuff. It was great. You know, there there's just something about when she has him and just how he his like reaction to her too, it's really good. Yeah, it is really good. It's she's really like, good. Did he just say his first word? Because we're all waiting for it, right? We're all waiting for the first word. And she's pretty much us like every single time. So it's great. Yeah, she is one of those like characters that is like seeing it through our eyes as a viewer for sure. Like I just I just love it. I love it. And any other uh, just real quick overall thoughts you want to give before we dive dive deeper into this episode? Nope. I um. I no. I mean, you you brought up the the director, and I was listening to Four Center, and they were talking about how she um is a pretty outstanding cinematographer um in the business, and it's kind of nice that there's people coming from the outside that are established to do star wars episodes i think that's pretty cool i know she worked on something with uh rick famoya so there is that but i thought this episode was outstanding kind of theatrical um big huge um dark it it light it just had like really good looks to it so um that's pretty exciting when we get those type of directors in movie in in the shows yeah, I mean, she was the director of, of photography for Black Panther. So, like, yeah, man. <laughs> she knows her stuff. She did a really, really good job. I hope this means that she will get more opportunities down the road. You know, because... And I'm blanking on the the other director from Boba Fett who did that amazing episode with the Tuscans. But, I mean, the, the female directors that they have gotten so far in Star Wars, Deborah Chow... Rachel Morrison, Dallas, 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 Bryce Howard, Bryce Dallas Howard, sorry, Bryce Dallas Howard. They have been really good. Like, they are doing a phenomenal job. So I hope we continue to give them their their dues. 100%. Steph Green. Steph Green, thank you. Yeah, she did she the Tribes did. of Tatooine. Amazing. That's, yeah. again, high up there as far as great Star Wars stuff, for sure, for sure. Okay, so let, let's let's dive into this, Ange, because there there is a lot to talk about. I mean, let's just start with we went back to Mandalore in live action, like wowie. I mean, we've seen it 
obviously in Clone Wars and in Rebels, we've seen it as like a, as that once great civilization that Bo was talking about, right? And then to see it destruction, to see like the dome kind of esque, but then you see it obviously blown away. You see the inside of the dome. I mean, it, it's just, it's crazy to think that, you know, again, watching Clone Wars and Rebels, there are so many Mandalorians flying through that, like, city of Sindari, and it for it to be, like, just rubble, it's it's insane, and they did a really good job, again, cinematography-wise, visually, really showing that destruction. And to think, like, like Bo-Katan said, like, it wasn't that long ago. No, yeah. Because Rebels was what? I think the last season of Rebels was maybe a couple months before um, A New Hope starts. So, like, it was thriving, you know, for 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 a little bit. And then all of a sudden, it just it, it just evaporated. So to go back to light to Mandalore was really, really cool. And you see that again, it's not cursed as the armorer has suggested that, you know, the children of the watch believe that it's poison. It's not. Din finds, you know, like he said in the last episode, he's like, I will find out if the, you know, if the planet is poison. And it's not. It's breathable air. And because of that, things have been able to thrive because nobody's there. So you get the Alamites that are attacking Din and attacking Bo. And then you see, like you said, and we'll talk about it obviously bigger in uh, much more detail, but a mythosaur was in the living water. So like Mandalore might look dead, but it's clearly alive. So what what did you, what is your overall thoughts on seeing Mandalore in live action? And then anything like kind of stick out to you seeing it or anything that kind of brings back memories at all of, it, of other shows what do you got uh the one thing i really liked was kind of like the tone going into it with din and grogu flying up to mandalore and he's like pointing out things like concordia and then Kalavala Cal- or something like that Kavala, yeah Kalavala. yeah Kavala. and then to say like that's where he grew up on concordia because we all know that's where the death watch was and then he like directs that's where Bo Katan is. It it was just like kind of cool that he's he doesn't know how to be like a father, which is kind of cute because it's almost like he's the best father there is because he doesn't know how to do it, so he like does it so well, right? Instead of just sitting the back kid and shut the hell up. Like it's more like, here, let's let me show you how to fly this this N one. Let me show you how to do this. Let me show you where these places are. It's really great. And then when they, they get there, and R5 is just great because he's so reluct- reluctant to go out there. It's, you know, because you, you don't you don't know. It's like this green crystal, right? They call it like this green trinite or whatever it is. And in real in real life, uh, if there's like a, a atomic blast on sand, that's what happens to it. It turns to like that that crystal yeah, light, lightning striking sand too it's yeah like so um really cool um that that's kind of what it looks like and 
when he goes down there and you get to see, well, I guess really when Bo goes down there and no, when Din goes down there and you get to see what Sindari looked like and you see like the civic center and all of that, it was hard for me to connect what that looked like in Clone Wars, but I could like a little bit, but it wasn't like this to me, it wasn't like this perfect like image. But then again, when we were in Clone Wars, it was a little bit very, like you said, like fast paced. Things were always flying around and stuff like that. So it was kind of difficult to, you know, get like a feel for that. <clears throat> but I I was just, I again, I'm like sitting there thinking like, th- I'm sure the air is not breathable, right? So there's no way they're going to go down there in this episode. Something else is going to have to come up to where we don't go down into the minds of Mandalore. But sure enough, like he was able to. Those creatures, the uh, Alamites was the, yeah. Yeah, the Alamites, that was crazy too as well. And then to find out that they were kind of always there on Mandalore. Um, right. Someone right, had right. said they're like the Tuscan Raiders of, uh, <laughs> of Mandalore. Which kind of makes just, sense. Yeah. And they're just misunderstood and we shouldn't be fighting them. But um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, but then when him and Grogu go in there and it's just so cute when they jump jump off the edge and he's in his pram and he just floats down and, and all of that, it's really great. So um, I can't say that I was like, yes, like that's Sindari, like that's man. I couldn't say that. I, I'm going to be honest. That wasn't like a, connect, a connection to me. The destruction, the desolation of it, absolutely. But it just wasn't like in my head to where like, wow, I remember that part or that piece. But when I went and looked back and I saw some stills of that from the Clone Wars and then even there was a shot of like when Maul was in one of the underground areas getting ready to like yep. um, do the Siege of Mandalore. Then I was like, oh, OK, that that's that part. But f- from first glimpse, no, it, it wasn't memorable to me. I, I think the one shot that really stuck to me is when Bo was coming in and you see Sindari in like the dome but it's broke and then you see like the the center like that tall structure I'm like that I remember from Clone Wars I remember them you know being there I think on the Siege of Mandalore like that was the one that was like oh yeah that's that was Sindari that was the capital of, of this once great again this once great civilization that Bo said and Again, to see what's living there, not just the Alamites, but this new creature that we got, which was really cool. People are comparing it. Yeah, comparing it to like a Grievous-esque type of thing. You know, it just literally has one eye and is in like this little like pod thing, but then it goes into different like, um, like mech outfits, right? So, and and they're just trapping man you know mandalorians that do dare to go there right like setting traps that's why when din picked up that helmet he was in the trap already and it it was a really cool little thing and again that gives it just shows that mandalore is alive even though it looks destructed it looks decrepit that it did the planet did survive and it's almost again a a, a a bigger theme of you know mandalorians can survive as well but they have to come together and rebuild so again a nice little again symmetry themes all that stuff as you and i love to talk about 
it's all there for sure. And I, it, it was cool to see it. It was cool to get back there. And like you said, I, I did not think we were going to get there this quick. Like, but they just did the thing. I know I keep saying it, but they did. They did the thing, man. They just were like, we're going to do it. We're going to get there. You know, and then even in you, I, we talked about this in our recap of Bad Batch, where the, you know, the previous on kind of gave you a hint that maybe we would see a mythosaur and right. they were going to the mines. But like, again, I didn't think, like I said, I didn't think we were going to get to where we get to. I didn't think we were going to get to the, the living waters already and all that stuff. So I, I again, I love it. I'm so glad we got to see Mandalore and got to, we're there. And I think we're going to go back. Obviously I think there's, we're not done with it. I think there's a lot to do and, and to learn and, into you know for din to do still i think for sure any final things on mandalore itself seeing it being there anything uh before we move on because no i'm sure we'll get to it but when we get down to you know to the living waters and the conversation that um bo's having about her actually doing the oath and and all of that that was some great stuff great stuff yeah we're we're definitely gonna talk about bo because this was a very big Big bow episode for sure, for sure. But also who had a big episode was Grogu. This was a big Grogu episode, man. That guy. Get him a helmet. Get him a helmet. I know you said last week you want him to get a Mandalorian helmet. I'm telling you, get that guy a helmet. But it's cool to see, again, how much he is a, has evolved from season one and season two to season three. He's learning, you know, he is like, he understands, not that we didn't think he understands, but he does understand what Din is saying. He's learning, he's like processing and, you know, for him to be able to listen to, listen to Din and say, go to Bo-Katan and know exactly where to point on the map because of what he's told him earlier. And that's how R5 gets him there. Like he, he is, he is such a smart little guy he really is and he's brave even even bo katan said that after she saves din which will again we'll we'll get to that but she even says you know you're he's he's braver than he looks and he's a heck of a navigator and that's what din was saying in the beginning of this episode like mandalorians have to be good at reading maps to be able to navigate to know where they are so i i love it again we talked about it a little bit earlier, but his moments with with Pally too in this episode were hilarious, and you know she she believes he said his first word, all that good stuff. But then him even like again driving his little his little pod his pram like it's so cool like <laughs> he's just like he, and then him not being afraid of the Alamite when he was first trying to get out and he just uses the force pushes him away and he was out he was gone. I loved it. I love Grogu. He was he was again a good. This is a good Grogu episode. More more for him to do, and again the animatronics and all that stuff that the puppeteering of that thing is so good. Like it really is. Like not. I don't want to say it's not hard to tell, but like it's they do a really good job making it look like flawless for me. So what do you think about Grogu this episode? Oh, I love him. I love his little noises. I just love it. I'm telling you, it's like, oh, I just love it. It's almost like embarrassing. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, you're so cute. Because that's not me. I'm not like that. But he, he 
gets it out of me. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. He gets it out of everybody, right? right. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Oh God, my favorite part was when Bo told him, I know you're frightened. <clears throat> and he turns the light back on on his pram and just moves forward. It was so cute in his little eyes of determination and his ears. And when his ears flap in the wind, oh my God, it's so great. <laughs> I can't wait for him to be a Mandalorian. <laughs> I can't wait. Can't wait. Did you think he was going to grab the dark saber with, uh, when he? No, no, I. You know, a couple people are like, listen, listen. I got a theory. Uh, Grogu's going to be a Mandalorian, and he's going to wield the dark saber. And I was like, listen, the dark saber is just a lightsaber. Let's get over it, guys, for a little bit. And I was like, and it's too big for him. Even Yoda's lightsaber was smaller. Like, it's just not going to happen that way. At least I don't think so. So um, I didn't think he would grab the, the no. But I mean, I like that he has his moments of, of strength and, and using the force. And then I like how we allow like the big action to happen with the other people. So I'm cool with that. I don't need him saving the day all the time and, and using like the magic of the force like i don't want to call the like force that. magic but right. you, right, you right, get right. what i'm saying where yeah. it's it's kind of like that with him for now so um i loved his little flips i loved all of that it was just really great and i just love how in, intently he like listens to people as they're talking you know you saw it like with the armor with Bo, always with Din as well too. Um, it's just like the way they, the like the way they puppeteer him. It's just so endearing to watch. He, it's just great. I love it. So it was a really good Grogu episode. I just I can't wait to see like what comes of him and who he is and and when we get all of that. That's when I think I'm really gonna be like mind blown and I'm gonna be like whoa like this is huge. Like when we get to what happened to Grogu on Coruscant who Grogu is I think that's when I'm really gonna be like whoa like this is huge for now because the anticipation of that for me is like really huge because he's just such a lovable amazing character so I don't know and I you know just I don't know it's he is I mean they, they're doing such a good job with him as far as storytelling how they're using him it's just it it's really smart. It's good writing. Even Pedro Pascal, he was on a recent interview I was watching, and you know, he mentioned just how again, how amazing these puppeteers, the animatronics of, you know, Grogu are. And he was, you know, he basically was acting as if he was real. And, you know, he was, you know, basically saying Grogu like steals every scene. And he was referencing in season two when he actually you know takes his helmet off to look at him he was like you know but he's felt he felt that even with him taking his helmet off which was a big moment he still stole the scene because of how cute cute he is and he was just making the comment of like let me have my moment bro like it was just but you see that that because of what they're doing with that you know puppet and with the character like even the actors are like he he's adorable like he's just good and they're using him so well but yeah my a lot of a lot of great moments with grogu in this episode for sure i think him arriving back on uh kavala to get Bo and Bo sees him and he kind of i mean again this is a little facial expressions of him looking worried 
and Bo kind of reading that in his face. So like it was just yeah, it was just so good, and they use him so well. And again, just him being fearless, like you said, him being afraid, but then you know knowing that he has to move forward because he has to you know save Din and all that, and even him trying to save him at at first by using the force doesn't do it. But then you know he hears him say go to Bo-Katan. He takes off and all that. Like, it's just, they do a really good job of setting up this character. And like you said, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him as he gets older. When he's able to talk, when he's be, when he's able to, you know, do, I think, things Yoda-esque, you know, as far as maybe having a little bit more force, using the force in different ways and things like that. It's going to be really, really cool. And then, yeah, will he will he wield a lightsaber at some point? Maybe, maybe not. We don't, we don't know, you know, it was all really good stuff, but yeah, I see, like you said, and Grogu, Bo, really cool stuff. This is a big, big Bo-Katan episode, like just huge, 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 huge. So I want to start with you, your overall thoughts on Bo, her, you know, kind of going back to Mandalore is a huge thing for her. You know, and and in seeing her in like her in all of her glory as far as showing, you know, who she is as a warrior, being able to take out all those Alamites, wielding a dark saber like it's nothing. Like, man, there's so many good moments. So what what's your overall kind of thoughts, feelings on Bo this episode and where do you think we go from here with her? That part was pretty cool when she picked up the dark saber, and it was cool how before that they showed Din struggling with it again, so that you could tell that there was still that weight to it, and that not everybody is able to command it. And then to see her immediately command it was awesome. It was like that was such a great shot. It was like yes, and she, you know, to me, like it's always like. I get annoyed with her, right? Because she she's like in these ways of like the dark saber and no one needs to fight and blah 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 whatever and sh- and then she's like super sullen and it's like what are you doing anymore? Like what are you? And to see her in this episode and one to mention that she used to fight side by side with Jedi to give you that little reminder of what she used to be was awesome. And then to hear her talk about you know, taking the oath and what she wanted to do for her father. And, and that conversation was just out of this park. It was just like absolutely awesome. And then the way they finished it with Din saying, this is the way, whoa, like that was, that was very moving because she did it move her too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I did. Cause she didn't give him a rebuttal. Like, like, no, that's not it. She, it's like, yeah, she knew it. Like, you're right. This, this is the way because she, she it, in a moment of time, she probably believed this is the way and, and had to based off of who she was and probably deep down inside, she's probably still wants it like that, but I agree. Um, it's so far removed and it's become like cultish and, you know, and all of that, we, we all kind of get like her feelings around that. But I just loved that they, 
took her out of that. Um, I'm a, I'm depressed. I'm sitting here on my throne with that my blankie, <laughs> and and I'm I don't want to do anything. You know, to um, a call for action. That was really great. And I mean, she just like strutted around Mandalore. She she looks so cool. You know, she's like such a cool looking Mandalorian too. It's like. You forget like how cool she, she is when she's like being her and, and being a warrior. Um, but then she I just love I loved the way she talked to Grogu. You know, it was just it was just great. Um, so overall, it was a very, 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 very good episode for her to put her back in the light of one. She's she's worthy of of leading the the Mandalorians. She just is. Like if you haven't seen her in Rebels, you need to kind of go back and 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 see that or revisit it to get a reminder of like how fierce she really is. Um and then and then I would go back and I would watch her in Clone Wars to see how lost she got and and what she, how she was fighting against uh her family. It's it's just like a fantastic journey. I hope we get a little bit more of that, like maybe some sort of flashback so that live action audiences can can really get that feeling of the struggle that she went through. I don't know if it's necessary, but I mean, her story is is huge. It's not just it's not just the Mandalorian. Yeah, no, it her journey from Clone Wars, like you're saying. From being a part of Death Watch, going against her own family. To then seeing her own sister die, which was, again, that's one of the best Star Wars ever. Let me tell you about the lawless. That's <laughs> our bit. I love it. <laughs> Let me tell you about the lawless. Let me tell you about the lawless. It's the best Star Wars content you'll ever see in your entire life. And it is, though. It is. Because, again, that moment changed her. Oh. Forever. Oh. I'm going to go and watch it right now. I know. Right, 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 right. Again, if you don't know that, you know, obviously, as she was saying in the episode, which was great, my family used to rule it. This was once a great civilization. So, you know, if you haven't seen Clone Wars, A, right, and go see it because her arc in Clone Wars is fantastic because she does oppose her family in being pacifist. She wants the warrior way. Which is very kind of armorer esque, but again, in a different light, she believed that Mandalorian should be a certain way. And she loses, and then that gets all taken away when she loses her sister by the hands of Darth Maul. So she wants, you know, she wants, and because of that, though, she understands that, okay, maybe my sister was right in some ways, right? Like, we have to unite. Instead of keep dividing. And she even says that in this episode. That the thing that bothers her the most is, you know, seeing her people, the Mandalorians, just keep fighting against each other. So she has that spirit still. Which we know, again, because of her past, she believes that, you know, a united Mandalore and all the Mandalorian people, whether it's, you know, again, Death Watch or the children of, like... All of them have to be united. They really do. And she believes that. You know, but again, I love how they 
she believes certain things, right? And then, you know, she still made fun of Din for believing in the childhood, these childlike stories, right? That, you know, the waters aren't mystical. There's nothing special about them. But boy, was she wrong, because I think she got a big dose of, you know, you had to start believing in not just certain aspects, but in all aspects of Mandela, right? Because the legends of it. Yeah, they might sound silly, but they're true. They're very true. Again, we see that, like you said, the mythosaur, we see it. We see it and she sees it. That's the bigger thing for me is that she sees it. And her reaction to seeing it. I think that changed her. And this is my maybe my question to you. I think that changed her as far as I think she's a believer now in these myths, in these legends, right? And that maybe, maybe she is starting to believe that Din is the right person because of his belief, because he believes in all this stuff. But also I think he does see and I, hopefully this is his journey that there's other ways too. Like she's like, she did in clone wars, right? She thought death watch was the way she loses something like her sister. Then she begins to believe that, okay, maybe there's some God of, you know, we can't just be all one way. There has to be, you know, give and take, or there has to be different ways of thinking, but we have to unite, right? The bottom line is uniting. Do you think she's she's a believer now? Do you think she believes that maybe, hey, you know what? Maybe Din, even though I don't have the Darksaber, right? Because she did have it, but she did, she gave it back. She gave it back. She believes in like that aspects of their culture, right? It has to be one. So she believes that. Do you think she she is a believer now in that, you know what? Maybe Din can do this, or maybe I can help Din achieve uniting with my help how, how how do you think that you know seeing the mythosaur what what do you think that did to her i i would like to think like that's the transition now right like she is a believer and i think the setup to it was really great like her reading that plaque seeing din walk into the waters reciting the and oath. she got emotional it almost seemed like exactly so i feel like just like you say lauren he's the person that could convince somebody that there's something going on here that's beyond what we say or do. It's bigger than that, right? It's it it's it's real all of a sudden. And whether you can convince other people that are so strict around these rules they've made up is going to be the challenge, I think, right? Because what they're seeing right now is is their own experience and I don't know how you would be able to to send that message over to the children of the watch and be like, no man, we saw a mythosaur. Like, you know, it was, it was, I don't know. It's going to be difficult, I think, to convince that group, but I think Bo's there. I think her transition is coming where there's something in Din that she needs to protect and um, partner with. I do not ship them. I do not <laughs> want Bo-Katan and Din Djarin together i'm just saying it now okay people okay okay people you and your I hetero take. I take. you people in your hetero ships get out of here with that nonsense <laughs> unnecessary 
<laughs> oh, I, it's going to happen, isn't it? It's going to happen. They're going to end up I together and I'm going to be like, it. come on. I don't believe it either. It is. I mean, if it happens, it happens. That's the story they want to tell. That's the story they want to oh, tell. They rule as husband and wife. Blech. I don't I, I don't see it though. I don't I don't see Bo as that type of person though to begin with, really. No, man. I just I don't see it. I really don't. Oh. But I, I do believe that again, A, because Din believes in what he believes, and he started saying the creed, and you see her like, oh wow, yeah, this does mean something. And even she kind of she even brought it up to like how it made her feel as, you know, making her father proud, right? So it did mean something to her when she took the creed. Yeah. So what did you think of this line when she said, I wasn't the one to embarrass him or that she wasn't going to embarrass him? Almost to imply that maybe Satine embarrassed him. Maybe Satine, obviously we know, wasn't the way of the Mandalore. And wanted to get away from the warrior perception and became a pacifist and turned Mandalore into pacifist. So it's like interesting. Did like Satine like make like a big deal? Like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not following this thing. But but Bo did. So I felt like that that statement was super loaded. And in my own headcanon, it like created this like, oh, wow, there must have been some huge turmoil even before Satine took over and she was the Duchess that that family had went through on what was the path of Mandalore. So I don't know if we'll ever dive into something like that in this show. I think that's pretty deep for Star Wars, Clone Wars, Rebels fans. But I would love to be able to see that. Like what happened during that time when Mandalore was thriving and they were the royal family. Like what were, what were the breaks in, in those moments? I want to see that. I, yeah, I, I am well said. I think you bring up a really interesting idea of, you know, did Satine take the oath? I, from what we understand, I don't, I, I, I'm with you. I don't think she did. And maybe that was a little like something that, again, separated them a little bit. And, and maybe be with her dad too. And how did, she, Bo says her dad died defending Mandalore. Like at what point when Satine was trying to make them pacifists and they were trying and they ended up kicking everybody off to Concordia, did did their dad die in, in that moment? Was their dad's death Satine's fault? Like, There is. I can't. I'd have to look it up again. I was. And people were talking about how their father, their his death, really kind of kicked off this big, really civil war between the clans, right? Because, again, I, I'll have to research it more, but let's say, I, like, I would like to talk about that maybe next week. Because I want to research that because I, there is something to that. I've heard people talk about it. The thing that I do like know people saying is that his death did do a lot to Mandalore as far as fracture it. And Satine, being the older sister, was the next in line. And she tried to do it, this, as we know, this pacifist way. So I think there, I, there is something there. I And I would like... That is a whole... That's a whole thing I would like to watch or learn more about. 
that needs to be something. <laughs> like that needs to be a show, a movie, a book, a comic book. It needs to be something. Like that is fascinating to me and I think needs to be opened up a little bit more. Whether they do it in the show, I don't know. I mean, I think that's pretty that, those are deep 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 cuts that might kind of distract an audience from like what's going on, but I think it's necessary to kind of like um, develop that stuff and and bring it to light. I think I think it'd be a really good book or a comic. To be honest, I'm, I'm with you. I I think I need that story. And I, again, I don't know if from what people were talking about is more of a legend story. That's why again, I would like to do some research because there is there is a th- and I don't know if it was in Clone Wars or Rebels or just again in Legends to where his death did do a lot. Like he died defending Mandalore and that because of his death that really fractured the clans. And that's where we were, you know, that's where we see them in, in rebels and things like that, you know? So yeah, I, I'm interested. And I, and again, I love Din's like, he sounds like an interesting man. And like you said, his, this is the way that, that hit, that hit Bo in a big way. And then seeing him do those steps and say the creed, which he didn't finish. So again, he can't go back to the armor and say, I did it. But this is where, you know, this is where I think maybe we'll go. And again, I don't want to bury the lead of Mythosaur because that's huge. We saw a freaking live action Mythosaur. And that sucker was big. It was huge. It was huge. I, w- I couldn't believe it. I yeah. couldn't believe it. We had just talked about it in the last episode because I w- we're talking about cameos and I was like, gotta bring a mythosaur in. You know? But did I did not think. Episode it was two of the season. <laughs> Here no. you go, Andrea. <laughs> wow. But to think about it too, though, when she was descending, because she turned her light off to see where Din was, she probably went right by that thing. And that blows my mind because then... Her going back up, obviously, with the light yeah. and just seeing it. And he did it, it didn't attack them or anything. You know, I, I know people thought maybe he got drugged down by something. I think literally for me, and I don't know about you, Ange, when he fell, I think it was just the weight of his armor. And like, obviously, there was that step off. He just sank. Like, that's how I read what happened to Din. Yeah, I was I was wondering what happened to him. Um I don't think he just sank. I think like, I don't know. I mean, he's jumped into water a couple of times and swam just fine. You know, when he had to jump in and get Grogu in that one episode with uh, Bo and them. But uh, I think something grabbed him. I do. Is That's the way I took it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, maybe, maybe we'll get answers next week for sure. But I also think, though, too, he was definitely weak, right? Because of what was he was going through. So, like, maybe that played into it as well, not being able to, like, you know, swim up, whatever. But maybe we'll get answers. Because, again, this episode ends with Din, with Bo-Katan getting Din out, and then they're still in the the the, the living waters. They're still in the mines. So, and I, I don't, I don't think, I think that's where we're going to start again. So my thing for next week, and we'll go, you know, this is, kind of, we'll start wrapping up final thoughts and everything, but. Do you think this is where I'm my head right now? I just I know what two two episodes in. I really do think that Din will, you know, bring Bo Katan with him. 
and get back to the armor and say, listen, Mandalore's not poisoned. You know, I can prove it. We can, you know, I can bathe in it so you can actually physically see me and not just go on my word, right? Like he, this will be proof that he, you know, he was there. Bo was there. That's his, you know, another piece of proof. And maybe he brings the armor and maybe some of the other children of the watch to Mandalore and shows them. And maybe they start believing in Din as maybe a rightful ruler. I don't know. Do you see that? Do you think they will take them back to Mandalore? Because that's kind of where I'm thinking, but I, I don't know. Maybe maybe the armor will, like, don't carry the way, you know? Yeah, I think, I don't, I mean, I would think that would be what they would want to do is take them back there, reclaim their planet, you know, um, start anew. And they're going to have to, like, accept din for what he is but is he like is he is he the one or is grogu the one let's be honest let's think about it like who's gonna tame a beast din or grogu i mean it obviously points to grogu for sure (laughs) because he did he he did it to the rancor right so that's kind of like where my my assumptions go is not like how do we get din as the leader of the of the mandalorians but how do we get grogu there it's kind of like where i i think we're going so i think the stuff that happens in the middle i don't know um i i think they go back to mandalore i think there's going to be some sort of battle i think there's going to be more imperial occupation i think there's going to be something that gets in the way of them being able to reestablish that place and and so that's just like what i think especially because like the theme of the season is green and like mandalore is green and all these shots you've seen are like green i feel like something big is gonna happen there so um but i hope there isn't much resistance when he approaches them and says listen i bathed in the living waters i'm cool i took the creed i won't take my helmet off again until we change that rule and 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 let's go figure out how how we can fix our people and and continue on um i hope there isn't much resistance from those people i think the resistance should come from somewhere else like like the empire no i i I agree i and i hope Again, my worry is that is the armor, to be honest. But again, you know, you talked about it a little bit about Bo. And, you know, obviously she's always wanted to rule Mandalore or she wanted to do it, you know, unite unite them. And even though seeing this mythosaur did maybe change her, has she really changed? Does she, you know, like... Katie Sackhoff has said that, you know, obviously her character goes through a lot this season in that she hopes that, you know, fans will, you know, not hate her <laughs> for, for what goes on. I, again, I, again, I don't want to speculate that that much, but I really do believe that right now, as we stand, I, I think Bo is a believer. And I really hope that again, she sees that obviously he struggle. He is struggling with the dark saber. I hope she I hope that gets mentioned to her. Again, what my 
my dream scenario would then to have Ahsoka and Sabine show up and Sabine help them with the Darksaber. That would be such a big, like, teacher, you know, student-teacher moment for Sabine because of Kanan. Like, oh, again, that's a deep, like, Rebels. That's my, <laughs> that's what I would like. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if that's, like, the story they want to tell. But they did, like you said, they did make it apparent that he is still having a hard time and that Bo has no issue wielding it. So does that really mean that she really deserves it? You know, like, again, and then to go back on your Mythosaur, though, thing, too. I mean, the armor did say, I think it was in that in the Book of Boba Fett, that, you know, stories say that if, you know, if the Mythosaur rises again, it's a new, it's like a new age, a new start for Mandalorian. So we're there now. There's a Mythosaur, a new beginning, has you know, is starting. So whether that is, again, like you're saying, does Din do it? Does Grogu do it and help Din? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's going to be super interesting. It's going to be super interesting. And I, I'm excited to see where it goes. So, Ange, final thoughts? Anything you want to um, bring up that we didn't touch on? Any other moments? What you got? No, I think we covered everything. I'm just uh, along for the ride and excited the way things are going. I don't want to speculate too much, but in my heart, the story is about Grogu, and he is the Mandalorian. I've kind of always thought that, so, um, but if not, oh well. But um, Because in all reality, every every character we have in this show is is like worthy of i don't know is worthy of a story so it's like great to see them develop so i just i like i like the show a lot i would say like season one season two i wasn't always like right on board right away i was kind of like eh. um but this season is knocking it right out of the park from from beginning no i agree it really is and again it feels different because i like in previous seasons, we would have, you know, Din on this planet, does a thing, goes to the next planet. You know, the first two episodes, the first two episodes have kind of led into the next, led into the next. I feel like obviously this next episode will pick up right where we left off. So like it's going, it's kind of doing that serialized storytelling where like it's, you know, there's a story that we're following each episode and it just, it's connecting instead of like going adventure to adventure and then eventually connects right like we kind of did in the first two seasons so yeah i i'm digging it again the special effects the volume super flawless again for me hard to tell i don't know if they're using more practical stuff within the volume to you know because i think in previous seasons like if we were on tatooine they literally had like maybe like a mound of sand the actors were on. You know what I'm saying though? Like, and then yeah. they and then they use. I I don't see that as much anyway. And maybe the like the shots they're using in the volume because there's again with Mandal with uh, this with Mandalore, they they have a lot of depth in like the shots, right? Because of destruction and and maybe that's it. Maybe that's it too. But yeah, it's 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 good. Again, Rachel Morrison hats off like great job i hope she gets more opportunities to do star wars because she did a really good job really good job really good job 
All right, kids, that, that that's the show. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed our little conversation about Mandalorian season three, episode two, chapter 19, The Minds of Mandalore. You guys can follow us at the Galactic Podcast at the Galactic Pod on Twitter and Hive. And you can follow and find our shows on all the major platforms like Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, all the good stuff. Go leave us a rate and review if you don't mind. Get our show out there. Uh, and, you know, let people know you're enjoying our, our conversations. And you can follow me, Lauren Romo, at Knows on Twitter and Hive. You can follow me, Andrea Gutierrez, at R2D2Stub on Twitter. What's the latest BTS, Ange? There's not much. I mean, Jimin's album's coming up soon. He has a single release on March 17th, Set Me Free Part 2. Super excited. Like, what is what is this Part 2? Is this, I mean, Yoongi had a Set Me Free song. Like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> I like our BTS updates at the end of the show. <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> That's good stuff. Kate. Oh, there's Legos out. BTS Legos. Wow. I know. That's pretty big. That's mm-hmm. real big. When you're Lego form, you've made it. I know. I feel like. For I sure. agree. For sure. <laughs> All right, kids. Uh, as always, may that force be with you. Always. Always. always.